you're more scared of your dad than your mom and, and how to go to your mom more, like how to go to our lady more often and like think about doing that. And she's like, I mean, she's just saying here, like, listen, I'm, I'm trying for you. You know, like when, when dad's really angry and mom's like, dude, I'm pulling for you right now, <laughs> but that's it. So can you work with me here is what, you know, that's exactly what she's saying. Welcome back to another episode of PPK. Finally, finally back at it. Right, boys? Seriously. Yes, sir. <laughs> We've been had, a while. It's been a hot minute. Of course, Meeks is out in Steubenville at the Franciscan University of Steubenville, Ohio. What's up, Meeks? Sponsored to you by uh, my fiance's room, so <laughs> sorry if it looks a little girly. <laughs> yeah, this is a, so just for the listeners out there, okay, we've had, you know, obviously our goal is to, to get to you guys every week and then Meeks transition back to school and, you know, life's just been a little bit crazy. We try to record earlier. Devil doesn't want us to be talking about none of this stuff because all the technology was just having some problems. And even today, um, Meeks, you didn't know about this, but man, I was having a, a heck of a time just trying to get things set up. So obviously the, yeah, and, the then, and then I have a uh, no Wi-Fi in my high library is closed for Labor Day. <laughs> so, so, hey, we work it out, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. It, it would seem that the devil and his minions is funny because I just we just did an interview this weekend with an exorcist and he was talking about how the demons can actually travel through electrical currents. Right. And so. Go figure. Here we are getting ready to record, and definitely the demons were traveling through a lot of electrical currents and through uh, technology. So it sound it would seem appropriate, considering the topic we're about to talk about today, that the devil definitely doesn't want us talking about this topic. So Meeks, what are we talking about today? Today we were discussing Our Lady, and uh, we're not including obviously some of the apparitions that have been happening over the last few hundred years. Um, you know, Akita. And I think there's one in Rwanda that was just in like the uh, 90s, actually. Akita's in 1973. Mm -hmm. So these are pretty recent stuff. And then you could obviously go back to Guadalupe in the 1500s. There's a lot of things that we can go after. And so um, obviously covering that topic and then Our Lady in general, just having a relationship with her, how she um, just smacks the devil around left and right. She's just beating him up all day long. <laughs> and um, yeah, just diving into those. Yeah, I mean, one of the things uh, we've been wanting to talk about this uh, for a while, and I think even for um, some of our listeners out there, we know that not everybody out there is Catholic, and uh, we definitely have a lot of uh, Protestant brothers and sisters out there. And so one of the biggest stumbling blocks, honestly, is um, the, the, the whole idea of Our Lady, right, and our Blessed Mother, the Virgin Mary. And, you know, um, Keone and I were talking about this, too, as we're, we're praying. It almost seems like uh, when we talk about Our Lady and, you know, this idea of praying to Our Lady for her intercession, right? We, all three of us, you know, if, if everybody notices, all three of us have the um, the consecration bracelet. And this is a consecration. It's called To Jesus Through Mary. And so we do a 33-day consecration to our Blessed Mother um, in order to grow to a deeper relationship with our Lord. And um, a lot of, uh, I would say in my encounters, I don't want to say a lot, of, I don't speak generally, but it's, it would seem that a lot of people who think that they pray to our Blessed Mother, like there's this, there's this balance of Jesus, I was telling this to County, like this is Jesus where we place Jesus, and then let's just say this is our Blessed Mother, that if I pray to our Blessed Mother, we start to do this, uh, uh. There's an, up. Oh, okay, now, oh, we're praying. Okay, I'm taking yeah. away from Jesus. I'm taking away from Jesus. Yeah. And that's not the case because I think yeah. it was, I can't remember who said this, if this was St. Mother Teresa or not, said, try to love our Blessed Mother more than Jesus. Try. 
And I was like, boom, uh, mic drop. Because you can't. You can't love um, our, our Blessed Mother more than our Lord himself, um, who took his very DNA from our Blessed Mother. So, um, Yeah, if I could uh, add some real quick, too. Yeah. I think we were hesitant about, I think, at least for me, uh, maybe for County, too, but hesitant talking about Our Lady because it's like, we know the elites of the elites and the real Catholics talk about Mary. And I'm like, I'm not there to be the elite of the elite. And we'll talk about more of our relationship there. But I think that's one of the hesitancies too, is because just like, um, that's like the next level I think of diving into your faith is when you have a relationship with the blessed mother mm. and just kind of feeling like maybe we aren't there enough, but at the same time, um, just trying to relate to people as much as we can and give the information that we do have through apparitions and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I think, um, all of us in this, in our household have grown in our relationship with our blessed mother. And so I think it's uh, obviously key and critical to our own faith journey. And, um, you know, there's a lot to it, just even breaking into the apparitions. I'm like, um, you know, it's just, it's just like crazy. Then the number of times that our lady has appeared, uh, your mom and I just watched the Fatima movie, uh, last night. Right. So thanks be to God that whether or not it's completely accurate, the, the beautiful thing is that here we are in 2020 in a time like this, where they're actually showing the message of our lady and, um, you know, there, there's a movie that's, uh, you know, kind of rooted in that message of what she brought to Fatima. So um, who wants to kick it off as far as just and maybe we can talk about just the, that uh, the concept of a relationship with our lady before we get into the apparitions. I don't know. What do you guys well, want to do? what I was just going to say is just to our listeners, you know, Catholic or non-Catholic, I think it's good to just have a basic understanding as to why. Why are we even talking about Mary? Mm-hmm. Um, I think for Catholics, it's. It could often just be kind of a traditional thing, like, oh, you know, especially like if it's Hispanic culture or um, Portuguese culture, you know, Mary is very important, um, but they may not know theologically why she's important. It's just like, you know, she appeared in these apparitions, so we have this devotion to her, but we don't really know why. Mm. Um, And then for non-Catholics, it's like, yeah, we get it. She gave birth to Jesus, but like kind of what we were saying, if you give too much attention to her, it takes away from Jesus. So just understanding, you know, what what is the true Catholic um, approach in its most basic level, just so Catholics um, could have a basic defense of why why we, we have this devotion to Mary, and then for non-Catholics to understand where we're coming from and why it's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the first is, you know, if we think about Mary's fiat, Right. We talk about um, Luke chapter one, when we hear um, the angel Gabriel, um, the Annunciation and, you know, just the very fact that Mary's fiat. And when we say fiat, for those of you listening, we mean her. Yes. Right. Um, when the angel said, you're, you know, you're going to basically bear the son of God. And it was just like, you know, um, you know, who me, how, you know, how can this be kind of thing? And she was overcome with the, the Holy Spirit. She can see by the Holy Spirit. And then we have our great Magnificat, right? My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Um, and, you know, there's, if, if we think about this rationally as people, when we say, okay, that our Lord came to us um, as, a, as a human being, right? We know he's truly divine, but truly human. Um, but he, he partook in our own human estate, took the lowliness of us, but he did so through that of a woman, that being our blessed mother. And we know that through her immaculate conception, um, she, was con- she was conceived without sin, um, and I mean, there's only two sinless people in this world. And we know this scripturally, right, that it's our Lord and, of course, our blessed mother. And so rightfully so, she becomes the ark of that new covenant. There's so much theologically there. And I think, Miko, you, you kind of spoke to it like there's a lot there. And we're still kind of trying to get ourselves there as far as just understanding the, the teachings of the church and how to break that down theologically. But just to think about that our Lord himself had the DNA of our blessed mother. 
So how important it is to give honor. Um, I think we were talking about it too, County, even just uh, our own dialogue about um, understanding the role of the queen mm-hmm. in, in the Old Testament. Yeah. When we think about King Solomon and the role of Queen uh, Bathsheba, mm-hmm. that everybody who wanted to ever speak to the king had to come through the queen. Mm-hmm. And if they made an intercession specifically to the queen, they knew that um, that was always honored and delivered upon by the king. Yeah, it was even <clears throat> just reading in, I think it's First Kings chapter 2, mm-hmm. um, just the dynamic between King Solomon and Bathsheba. And so Bathsheba comes to the king and he immediately bows to her. And just think of that, like that, that dynamic that's, you wouldn't see that. You don't think of that today, like the king bowing. And that's, I think that's where the Protestants kind of get us wrong. Like we're almost bowing to Mary in a way that's like turning our back on God, but like the king himself, you know, and, and Jesus being the eternal, you know, like the eternal king from the line of David, like he's making the Davidic kingdom eternal and mm. um, perfecting it. Um, but we see King Solomon, he bows to her, has her sit at his right hand, and then says, make your request known, you know, I will not deny you. Mm-hmm. You know, so just thinking of that d- dynamic and why it's so important that like in Matthew, we have the genealogy and we just talk about why Jesus is constantly referring back to the Old Testament as him being the fulfillment and why Mary's role as his mother is so important because she's not only the queen of the earth, just as we know that Jesus is the king, but also the, the queen of heaven. Mm-hmm. And just that dynamic of, you know, we're not just praying to her just for fun. You know, when we think about Jesus on the cross and he says, behold thy mother, we're doing exactly what he said. You know, we're, we're honoring her. We're asking for her help because of the role that she has within the eternal heavenly kingdom. Mm-hmm. And you think about when scripturally, right? So a, a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters who believe that scripture is the sole authority of faith in scripture says from this day, all generations will call me blessed. Mm-hmm. So how, how are you living out that prophecy scripturally, right? Are you calling her blessed? Or are you saying, ah, forget her. You know, Jesus is the only one. Well, Jesus is the one who even handed you over to handed his mother over to you so she's obviously his mother the mother of at that point was handing over to the beloved disciple john and then spiritually we think of it she's the mother of all the church and all of the whole world and <clears throat> when you think about it prophetically scripturally you're saying from this day all generations will call me blessed so how are you doing with that when i think about my fellow brothers and sisters out there who may struggle with that um and so anyways, just challenge you all to kind of dive a little bit deeper. But I think it's important as we get into this kind of uh, moving moving down this. When, Miko, you talked about certain apparitions, man, some of this stuff um, is absolutely prophetic. And given this day and age of where we are today, if you look at, um, I mean, we were just talking to Father Gary Thomas this weekend as we were recording an episode um, uh, with an exorcist, Father Gary Thomas. And we're talking about this period of chastisement of which he believes we're in this period of chastisement, right? Where the Lord is allowing for certain things like it's it's Fisher Cup bait time, right? It's a, we're experiencing issues within the church, in the world. We've got this uh, pandemic, this global pandemic. We think about what we're dealing with as a nation, social uh, and racial unrest, all this stuff going on. And yet um, our lady appeared um, to us to warn us of this, whether it be Fatima, whether it be Our Lady of Aikido, which you're talking about in, in Japan, Miko, Our Lady of Quito, which was in um, Ecuador um, in the 16th century. Right. Speaking to the very issues that we're dealing with today. So maybe we could jump into that, that if that works for you boys. Um, yeah. 
the, so I wanted to comment on our lead of keto, um, who I just recently fell upon. We're obviously all listening to Father Chad. Something I wanted to just to point out before you get into yeah. it, that I think some people, if you're listening to it and even maybe Catholics, but I think a lot of non-Catholics who are listening to us, when we say Our Lady of Quito or Our Lady of Guadalupe, it's all Mary. Yeah. I think some people think that those are all different people. <clears throat> like, oh, you prayed to Our Lady of Fatima. Well, I prayed to Our Lady of Guadalupe. It's all Mary. It's just she appeared in these areas. Mm-hmm. And so they have a specific devotion to her based on that apparition yeah. and what she said there. And it's it's kind of a cultural, it could be a lot of cultural influence, but it's all we're all talking about mary here Just yeah so, so for instance our lady of fatima appeared at in fatima portugal our lady of quito who and that's q-u-i-t-o appeared in our in quito ecuador which was the capital of ecuador yeah. right in the 16th century so good point because yeah. call out because and then there's also uh, i think our lady of turlock at the <laughs> Chaldean. i think this one oh maybe not i don't know there's <laughs> father peter um, Hey, Father Something Peter, interesting going on. <laughs> Father Peter, we got we to gotta talk to you about that one. But we, we're hearing that there's Our Lady of Turlock, but that's not an approved apparition. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. It's unfortunate that we weren't there for that. <laughs> um, so getting to Our Lady of Quito. So this was an apparition of the Blessed Mother. So the Virgin Mary appeared in uh, 1534. Um, and so there's there's a lot to it as far as the immac- the uh, miraculous image that appeared. And I don't, I don't want to get into that piece. I want to get into her message because I think this is what's it's, it's really key um, with that just kind of blew my mind. She says, um, and this is again, 1534, 16th century. She says, I make it known to you that from the end of the 19th century and shortly after the middle of the 20th century, the passions will erupt and there will be a total corruption of customs and morals. They will focus, they will focus principally on children in order to sustain their general, this general corruption Woe to the children of these times. It will be difficult to receive the sacrament of baptism and also that of confirmation. Think about what we're dealing with now, just as a, especially as a state of California, we can't even practice our faith um, right now. Um, As for the sacrament of matrimony, it will be attacked and deeply profaned. The Catholic spirit will rapidly decay. The precious light of faith will gradually be extinguished. Added to this will be the effects of secular education which will be one reason for the dearth of priestly and religious vocations. Of course, that uh, we're, we're, we've, we're at a loss with as far as vocations to the priesthood. The sacrament of holy odors, which will mean that whoever's ordained as a deacon or a priest in the church, will be ridiculed, oppressed, and despised. The devil will try to persecute the ministers of the Lord in every possible way. He will labor with cruel and subtle astuteness to deviate them from the spirit of the vocation and will corrupt many of them. We don't got any of that problem going on today, do we? We got all, all kinds of a corrupt clergy, right? Um, these depraved priests who will scandalize the Christian pre- people will make the hatred of bad Catholics and the enemies of the Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church fall upon all priests. Wow. Like, think about that today. Think about what we did with the McCarrick, um, you know, the, 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 the scandal of 2018. We're two years removed um, from uh, everything that, that, you know, the second kind of scourging of the church with regards to the abuse scandal there. And yeah, what does it look like? All the priests are suffering, right? Because we have, we know good priests. We, we're friends with uh, many good priests. And yet the, the perception of priests today um, are that of the bad priests, right? And we know the, the, the scandal of all that. So Our Lady appears, this is the message in 16th century calling out prophetically the 19th and the 20th century of where this happens. And if we think about the effects of modernism, 
and all that coming to fruition today, we're seeing what the consequences of all that. Yeah. And another thing she talks about, and I'm, I'm looking through uh, crisis magazine for people that are curious on, on where I kind of got some of the information and I'll just in the father chat, uh, Ripperger too, but she specifically says, uh, Satan will wreak havoc through Masonic sex. So through different areas of masonry, essentially. And the craziest part about that is she's saying that in 1534, right? Then? Yeah, yeah. And and the Freemasons didn't meet till like 1717. So she's over here talking, you know, you could call us Rad Traz or whatever you want to call us. But, you know, Taylor Marshall had a book when talking a lot, of, uh, you know, infiltration, talking a lot about Freemasons and, and the idea of modernism, the idea of making all religions equal. There is no truth. Everyone has their own little thing. And, and we kind of seen patterns of that in our society obviously for a very long time but i think um that one just blew my mind the idea of like wreaking havoc through this cult that hasn't even been established yet mm-hmm. and they don't even know and another thing she talked about too was um there's gonna be she said truly a catholic president who will consecrate the republic of the sacred um sacred heart of, of jesus to that country and that happened in uh Gabriel Garcia Moreno. So he was the president of Ecuador who consecrated the country to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and he was assassinated. Like she said, he was going to be killed for doing so. And so just some of these things was just really insane um, to think about. And I mean, I, I mean, we could probably talk about the practicality a little bit, but those are things that was just like, in all the other things, we'll talk about some of those themes, but I just talking about praying the rosary and penance and, and some of these things that we have to start taking seriously and like, she's prophesizing almost to say like, okay, like I'm for real. And then to almost like, okay, now it's time to take action. You know, like, what are we doing in our day to day? Because it's not just about like, Oh, I'm prophesizing this and okay, well, that was pretty cool. But like, no, what is she saying? Also in the fact of if you guys don't do the rosary, if you guys aren't doing penance, if you guys aren't taking these things seriously, like more stuff is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, think about Fatima, Fatima. That was the message, right? Is that, um, the, Clearly, she appeared to the three seers, the three children, for six months every month, and it was about penance. It was about um, the, stop insulting God, right? You've we've already been insulted enough, and you know she talked about or else this war, which is World War One, there will be a war worse than this one, and um, um, oh yeah, World War Two. <laughs> Interesting how that worked, where we had you know the the atomic bomb go off and. You know, we talk about the errors of Russia will spread, you know, um, across the world. And we think about communism and we think about look at where we are in our country today about the spread of Marxism and communism. Right. And the, the whole idea of progressivism. Right. Which really is the, the rebranding of communism. Right. Uh, to, to say, let's be progressive. Oh, yeah. You're just going to root God out. And so here's our lady coming to us. You had the, and you had atheist papers writing about our Fatima. Right. We had the dancing of the sun. And these and um, Sister Lucia, who was the last of the seers to live, um, because uh, Jacinta and Francesca, um, Francisco died at a young age, she was and she was uh, basically chosen by Our Lady to say, "You're going to be the one to be the, the messenger f- to bring this to the whole world." And what was the last message? We talked about this in our episode on the final battle, where she said that the final battle between God and Satan is going to be over marriage and the family. I mean, just look at where we are today, and I think. 
this is the message of Our Lady is to say, we need to wake up. She's appeared over and over, century upon century, cultures and different cultures to say, we need to stop offending God. We need to return back to him. We need to pray more. We need to do penance for the conversion of sinners and all souls. And yet we're just kind of like, do, 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 right? And you, so if we are in this period of chastisement, where we're going to lose all our comforts and we're just going to be leveled. What Father Chad talks about leveling the infrastructure. Basically, you know what? We're just going to get what we deserve mm-hmm. and then and just going to have to do a do over. It's going to be like Noah's Ark, but to the exponential degree, right? Where it's just like, I'm just going to wipe everything out. And for people out there, be like, oh, you guys are a bunch of conspiracy theorists or, you know, you're an alarmist. And it's just like, OK, well, maybe if you want to, you know, kind of bank on that. But I'm going to go ahead and decide, I'm, I'm going to go in and put my bets on our Blessed Mother. I'm going to put our bets on our Lord. I'm going to put our bets on the saints that came before us, that there's something to be paying attention to at this time. Mm-hmm. And I think as far as being an alarmist, I mean, she's been appearing constantly mm-hmm. and saying pretty much the same message as a warning of any mother who's saying, like, you're kind of messing up mm-hmm. and this is what you need to be doing. Because dad is pissed. That's <laughs> right. literally what, he's, what you know the blessed mother is saying. And mm-hmm. the thing that the, is the most consistent is pray the rosary and do penance. Mm. And think about how many Catholics do you think are doing penance, some sort of mortification, dying to yourself every day, some sort of fast, and praying the rosary. Probably, I mean, at most 25%. Because if they don't even believe in the Eucharist, why are they praying the rosary? Right. Um, and, so, pe- and penance, and why penance, would you penance? Yeah, penance. And just think about our world today that's so obsessed with gratification. You know, I and Father Chad talks about this, Father Chad Ripperger, for those of you who want to uh, look him up and be enlightened. Um, it just talks about just in the day-to-day, especially among men, especially among men. We wake up and throughout our day, we're just feeding our appetite. We wake up, we scroll Instagram immediately feeding of our appetite. We go and then we go work out, which could be good, but most of the time we're doing it for our own selfish reasons to mm-hmm. look good. And then we go eat and then we eat probably more than we need to, even if it's uh, the right amount, uh, the right amount of as, as far as healthy food, we may overdo it or we have um, all these meals throughout the day. And then we go and watch Netflix and then we go hang out with our friends and have a couple drinks. Everything we're doing is my appetite here. Now my appetite here and I'm going to feed my appetite here. And it's just, this complete um, disordered way of living life that is there's no room for God to to work mm-hmm. because we're not allowing him to work in our will and we're so focused on our emotions and as Father Chad says if you're just focusing on your emotions which a lot of men are doing nowadays just focusing on how we feel the devil has has um, influence in that realm as well and so to focus our whole lives on that and I think that's why Mary who is you know, the complete destructor or, or just destroyer of, of Satan is warning us like this, this road, you know, the Freemasonic, the communism, the progressive movement, everything that you're doing that is just focusing on power, control, rooting God out, emotion is going to lead to your destruction. Mm. And so you need to be dying to yourself. You need to be praying the rosary because things are not looking good. And now, you know, we've, we keep ignoring it, whether it was, like you said, Meeks or dad too, in keto, or you're talking about Fatima, or you're talking about Rwanda, you're talking about Akita, you're talking about even Our Lady of America. It's, mm-hmm. it's constant. And it's like people are not talking about it. And it's largely, I think, cause you, like you said, there's a lot of clergy who don't want to talk about it. 
And so in a sense, yeah, we need to do our research as faithful, but a lot of clergy, why aren't you talking about this in the homily? Mm. And we, you can go and, you know, blame priests and say, you know, what you're not doing your job, which in a sense is, you know, we need to hold them accountable. Mm. But as father Chad said, which really hit me, he said, you get what you deserve Mm -hmm. for the faithful. You get the priest that you deserve. Mm -hmm. So for all the years that you have not gone to confession, for the years that you could care less about Jesus being present in the Eucharist or if it being a symbol, for those years that you're living in mortal sin, that you're uh, having civil divorces but still going to, to Mass and receiving, whatever we're doing in our life that's not engaged in the Catholic Church, no wonder why our priests are, are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And he said, if you want to have better priests, be a better Catholic. And I was like, wow. 100%. Well, you think about it because I think right now, think about right now everybody's taking, we were just talking, we were talking about Father Gary, where people are saying, oh, it's just easier to watch an online mass as if that's a substitute for the real presence, right? But that's where we are. You can't even feel, you, you know, so we just acquiesce and pander to the, to the government. Nobody's fighting anything. The, the, some of the faithful are wanting to, to, you know, to step it up, and, but it's not a lot. But everyone's like, oh, this is kind of cool. I just kind of wake up and just push play, right? And it's like, that's the kind of faith? Well, guess what? When you get a lethargic, you know, um, lazy, disconnected, aloof priest who just kind of sits back and kind of rolls through it, well, then what are we doing with our faith? I think it's it's probably a, a real statement that um, you get you kind of get what you prayed for mm-hmm. because you ain't praying, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not you're not doing anything. And I think that's a call. That's the thing about our blessed mother that I think she brings it with a, a she does it gently and humbly. But like you said, hey, dad's pissed, and I'm trying to let you know. Here's what you need to do to be able to, to avoid that wrath. But the vengeance is God's. Mm-hmm. Remember that. And so when everyone kind of sits there and thinks that, you know, oh, you Catholics. And that's the other part, I think, understanding when we talk about reverence versus worship. Worship is always due to God and God alone. Reverence, though, is to people who live a holy and, sanct- uh, you know, a life of sanctity, a life of virtue, right? So we reverence people. We honor people that in our everyday life with people who have achieved great things in the communities or whatever. So how much more with those who are achieving the, 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 the you know, unit of way with God? And I think our Blessed Mother is basically coming and saying, like, look, I'm doing you a solid one, right? I'm letting you know dad's pissed. You guys have insulted it. Her heart's bleeding for him. And I don't want I don't want that wrath of what you deserve and then some to come down on you because you won't survive. Mm-hmm. And how um, pompous and presumptuous we can be to think that we don't need that. We don't need to pray. Why do we need to pray this rosary thing? And it's like you don't even understand. For those of you who don't understand the rosary, it's all meditating on the mysteries of Christ's life. Is is it worshiping Mary by praying the rosary? We meditate on the mysteries of the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord, his glorious, uh, you know, um, resurrection, his ascension into heaven, the coming of the Holy Spirit. We think about the Annunciation, right, the visitation, all of these scripturally based meditations. That's what the rosary does. It help, It's a vehicle and ent- helps us enter into a deeper meditation, into a walk with our Lord. Yeah, into Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Meeks. Uh, I was just going to say, because we were talking about Fatima a little bit, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the third secret. And a lot of people are trying to link the uh, the message from Our Lady of Akita to the Third Secret. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure the Third Secret was supposed to be revealed by Saint John the Twenty Third in the sixties. Am I right about that, Kenny? Uh, it sounds we might sounds have to, we I might think have fact, we'll have we to fact check it, but it sounds it, sounds because right. each of them well, it's different because I think Our Lady actually told 
St. Lucia for different times and like mm-hmm. get, give this to the Pope. Cause the thing about our ladies, um, apparitions is that she's always telling the ones that are, that are true and actually like legit are she's always telling them to go through the hierarchy. Always make sure to tell them the, the priest at your parish, always make sure to tell your Bishop, mm-hmm. all these kind of things to go through the hierarchy because that's the one, that's how we operate in the Catholic church, not do uh, pastor Todd. <laughs> and so, so she, I, I believe so was um, supposed to give the secret to St. John 23rd. He ended up, he didn't actually end up revealing it, and we didn't get the third secret until 2000. So, I don't know, third secret. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But Our Lady of Akita is in 1973, so there, people are linking these. And if you're thinking about it, and if Our Lady of, if the third secret of Our Lady of Fatima wasn't revealed when it was supposed to, and that was, and then Our Lady of Akita comes, it's like, hey, remember that one time I told you guys to reveal the secret and you didn't? So here's what I'm saying again. So in case you didn't hear it, mm-hmm. because you're not going to get it until 2000. Let me tell you, because she says here, um, in order that the world might know his anger, the Heavenly Father is preparing to inflict a great chastisement on all mankind. With my son, I've intervened so many times to appease the wrath of the Father. I prevented the, co- the coming of uh, calamities by offering him the sufferings of the Son on the cross, his precious blood, and beloved souls who console him, forming a cohort of victim souls. Prayer, penance, and courage sacrifices can soften the Father's anger. I desire this also from your community that is that is uh, that it love poverty that it sanctify itself and pray in reparation for the ingratitude and outrages of so many men. So it was like, hey, remember that one time we we're supposed to reveal a secret and we didn't? So here's me revealing the secret again, kind of idea. Mm-hmm. And so, which is really fascinating. We can talk about other things like Our Lady of Akita, the statue wept 101 times, I think, in the span of eight years or something like that. And that one was really interesting because, well, not only that, it was in Japan, so you know, Asian. <laughs> In persuasion vibes, um, but also the fact that a lot of these apparitions were in um, were through visions, and this one was through a wooden statue, which is really fascinating to think about. And this one's also also Vatican proof, just so those people know. Like we're not just conspiracy theorists. The Our Lady of Good Success, which is in Quito, Ecuador, that's only bishop approved. So I'm not sure exactly what goes into those details, but just for our listeners to kind of understand how those things work, like you these have to be approved. We're not just throwing out anything out there, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so, yeah, and I think, you know, she says, as I told you, if men do not repent and better themselves, the Father will inflict a terrible punishment on all humanity and just basically just like right here, <laughs> like I'm about, to, I'm about to give it to you. And, and um, I had like a, so I actually started doing this like Exodus 60 kind of thing and it's a little bit more uh, softened up, but I kind of like, you know, you read through apparitions and we talk about being on the podcast and preparing for marriage and stuff like that and just hearing our lady and the seriousness and the, and, and the, the gravity of what she's saying and kind of just like trying to take advantage, trying to actually live it out and stuff like that. And so, you know, I've been doing that cause it's pretty scary stuff to listen to and understand like how much, like Kenny was saying, like how much we do indulge and, and just taking out this extra stuff and just trying to like, it's just not enough, you know, like we always say just to do the rosary a couple times a week or at a mass a couple times a week, it has to be active daily. And not in a rule base, but in order to truly live out the faith and to like truly live out the faith, and then not only to mention all the things that Our Lady is saying here, you know. And so, you know, we had a little group discussion with uh, like the, my little Exodus group, and it was really weird how it came about. I got a call from somebody in Alabama; I didn't have his number, and then he was like, "Yo, Miko, you know, it's it's this guy Drew Teague, and it's like the last guy on earth that you'd expect to to invite you to do some, you know, hardcore." faith stuff but it was like hey maybe god's working through this through this (laughs) this guy and so um but we had a talk last night and one of my one of my friends my actually like my accountability partner in the group he brought up i thought it was really interesting how like 
you look at the, the relationship between, you know, God the Father and Our Lady and the kind of fear in the right way of God, you know, at least, you know, fear of God, Jay Lorenzo, so that, um, but the idea of like fearing him as like to fearing the disappointment or fearing like not, not doing what you're supposed to do, you know, like, like fear of disappointing your own dad and things like that. And something that we all, all children go through and just how like almost you're, you're more scared of your dad than your mom and, and how to go to your mom more, like how to go to our lady more often and like think about doing that. And she's like, I mean, she's just saying here, like, listen, I'm, I'm trying for you. You know, like when, when dad's really angry and mom's like, dude, I'm pulling for you right now, <laughs> but dad's pissed. So can you work with me here? Is what, you know, that's exactly what she's saying. And I thought to look at it that way, to simple it down a little bit for us, because, you know, like I, I haven't, I've been doing the rosary pretty consistently for a while. Um, obviously now I'm doing it every day with exes and stuff. And I haven't like necessarily felt a close relationship, but I think it also depends on how much you put into that relationship and like when you're sitting and you're tempted or you're in these places like actually calling for our lady's intercession and really living like leaving that up to him instead of or leaving that up to her instead of just kind of saying like oh well you know i did the rosary but like i'm not i'm not really feeling nothing and so i think that's you know kind of on that part of growth but i think looking at it in that way of like you as really like a mom and dad and in, in this way and like saying like well you know that it's, it's sometimes easier to get through dad to get to dad by going through mom and and she's going to be that one that has that tender love you know tender loving care tlc um <laughs> my fault um and <laughs> and so uh and just looking at it that way i think it was really helpful in some way that i i'm going to go forward and trying to be like hey i know i know pops is probably pissed at me right now uh can you help me out yeah yeah i think something that's but it really helped me um, in just being able to defend what we, I think we intrinsically know in our faith, the idea that, you know, as, as faithful Christians, Catholic, you know, it's the idea that we always want to do the will of the father, right? Mm -hmm. Lord, help me to do your will. Mm -hmm. And the thing about mother Mary is that her will is perfectly united to the will of God, the father, perfectly united. This is why she says, Lord, be it, done, or, you know, be it done unto me according to thy word, that she is a complete servant. She does whatever it is the Father does, and perfectly. So when she comes to appear, it's not because she's so cool and like, hey, you know, God the Father, I'll see you. I'm going to go make a run to the store and you know, say what's up to my children. No, she's, she's doing it out of complete service and reverence to God the Father in, in union with his will. So when we think about when we're praying to Mother Mary, we're not praying because you know, we kind of need like a, a way out or we don't, God is just like, so like, just don't talk to me right now. Yeah. We're doing it because one, he asked us to, but two, because if we're asking for Mary's intercession, she's going to point us to his will because her will is perfectly united to his will. Mm -hmm. So there is no, there is no break or separation from the two. If I am trying to understand Mary and asking for her help, that is, in and of itself inherently going to lead me to God mm -hmm. because their wills are united and you can't separate that. And we just think about what father Chad said. So Mary of, of all the saints, even Jesus himself, the, the intercession of Mary in an, in a formal exorcism is the most powerful name that can be evoked. That will just, the demons hate her. They're pissed. They say anyone but her. And we think about just the idea that, um, at any moment, Mary could crush Satan and all the demons, just like that. It's not a problem, but she doesn't. Why? Because it's not the will of God the Father. Father, The Father allows 
the, the devil to operate. He allows demons to infest because there's some sort of perfection that we need to endure and through this suffering, through a temptation, through something, through this chastisement. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of perfection that our country, the laity, priest, the world need to endure in order to grow in sanctity and wake up mm-hmm. like Mary is been trying to tell us. So she is allowing these things to happen. And out of her goodness, through the will of God, she's saying, hey, I know what's going to happen, but let me just tell you on the side, he's pretty pissed and this is what's going to come. So how would you guys straighten out a little bit so dad doesn't really backhand you? Yeah. You know, and she's doing it out of love. Why? Because it's always perfectly united to the will of God. Yeah. I think that's just something really to understand. And when you're, when you feel like maybe a Catholic is feeling like, I I don't really, I don't really know how to pray to to Mary. I don't want it to take away from God. I'm growing in my faith. The fact that you're praying to Mary shows that you want to do the will of God even more perfectly because there's no one who does it better than her. Right. Yeah. And like I said, love, love, try to love our blessed mother more than Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And you will never, will, will never do that. And so I think, you know, just as as we kind of, kind of wrap this up, uh, there's a lot to this, man. We can spend so much time on it, but I think um, even just going off what Meeks said is, you know, try to grow in your devotion to our blessed mother. This has been a, it's been a journey for all of us to actually go to even just go through the consecration um, and, to kind of fight the temptation to just be wrote about our uh, or mechanical about that prayer. Right. So it's like, definitely it's better to pray the rosary uh, than it isn't. Right. So pray it, even if you're going through the motions of it. So that's part of the prayer. Sometimes it's just the, the you stay consistent, even when you're not feeling it. But I think it's to, to maybe slow it down that you're meditating a little bit more on the mystery rather than just getting through the, our father and the 10 hell Marys and the glory be and the Fatima prayer. You actually spend some time meditating on the agony in the garden, putting yourself in the garden of Gethsemane. So, so for the, for the Catholics out there and for the faithful out there that either um, have a little bit of a dose and maybe don't, we challenge you in this episode to go deeper, right? That our lady has a message and that message is one of hope. Um, but definitely one of, of wake up. Right. And I think she's doing that in order to uh, appease the, the, you know, the, the vengeance that belongs to, to God, our father and, and through our Lord. Um, because let's be honest, we've offended God um, in a way that look at what we're facing now. Like we're getting the consequences of our sins. We see it real time and we see it in our world. We see it in our family life. We see it even in our own souls where we just need a lot of help. And our lady is there to help. Um, but we've got to seek her guidance and, and trust in her and allow ourselves to uh, use her as a conduit of grace that she is. Any last parting words, Meeks, before we uh, wrap this up? Um, well, I was thinking I was thinking about our, our lady of tra- Trelock. <laughs> and uh, I actually remember I actually remember uh, her message for our lady of Trelock. I think I think she's saying to like, comment and subscribe <laughs> to, to Priest Papa King. I think that's what she was saying. Um, I could be wrong, Father Peter. He's got to let me know. But I think she's saying something like that. She said something about like you guys aren't watching enough. We're not getting the viewers. Uh, not a lot of comments, and uh, something like that. Yeah. But make sure we, you know, we devote ourselves to our, our Lady of Turlock. We give her due respect. She said, she said, uh, God the Father is pissed. He's like, you guys aren't liking, commenting, and subscribing. So True. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't say it. She did. So you talk to her about it. 
<laughs> nice, nice. Well, hey, we thank you guys all for being patient with us as we kind of worked out some of the situation, transition for Meeks and uh, the technology challenges that we had. We hope to continue to, to kind of push out um, content. We just ask that you continue to stay with us, share, like, comment, subscribe, as Meek said, and Our Lady of Turlock did, uh, prophesy, or else you're going to get smacked upside your head by Jesus. So um, until then, until the next episode, get holy or die trying. <laughs>